I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 424 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest for you guys today. Josh Abbott is a country singer and songwriter, and he is the front man for the Josh Abbott Band. He and the band have a brand new album dropping tomorrow, which is their fifth album titled The Highway Kind. The Josh Abbott Band was one of the bands who was performing at the Route 91 Harvest Festival in Las Vegas when tragedy struck and a maniac opened fire, killing 60 people and wounding over 400 more. Thankfully, Josh and his band members escaped unharmed. Josh Abbott founded the band back in 2006 while he was attending Texas Tech University. The band's third album, Small Town Family Dream, debuted at number five on the Top Country Albums chart. They have performed on Jimmy Kimmel Live and on Conan. It is a pleasure to have him on the podcast today. Josh Abbott will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Josh Abbott was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the country music singer and songwriter and myself, please hit me with a subscribe on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, if you guys enjoy my interviews with Dads Who Sing, you got to go check out my other interviews with Dads such as Justin Moore, Lee Greenwood, Nick Carter, Chris Kirkpatrick, and many others. Tomorrow on the podcast, we're going to visit the world of racing, motocross phenomenon Brian Deegan stops by. Brian is a legendary X Games competitor, and the apple has not fallen far from the tree. His son is one of the top motocross competitors in the world for his age. His daughter, Haley Deegan, is an up-and-coming stock car driver, so don't miss out on that one. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you guys can hit me with a rating or review, it would go a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with country music singer Josh Abbott. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, if we learned anything this last year, it's that building health and immunity is more important than ever, and that all begins with what you put on your plate. Belcampo is on a mission to revolutionize the meat industry for the well-being of people, the planet, and animals by farming meat the right way with certified humane, regenerative, and climate-positive practices, which means it's better for you, the planet, and the animals. That's a trifecta that I'm proud to be a part of, and right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can have Belcampo sustainably raised meats delivered right to your door using my promo code FATHERHOOD at belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood and get 20% off your first order. Go visit belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood, use the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout, and save 20% off your first order at Belcampo. Joining me now, First Class Father, Josh Abbott. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. First Class Father, that's a, uh, that's a compliment. Well, that, that's what you are right here. Let's start it like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? <laughs> Two kids, and uh, I have a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter and a four-month-old son. Wow, okay, one and one. You're going to try to break the tie with a third? Are you all done? I, yeah, I want to be done. <laughs> I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love being a dad. My favorite job in the world. Um, but we have one of both. They're both super healthy and cute and adorable. And uh, I don't know, ask me in a year and I might change my mind. But right now we're just now getting out of that 
no sleep zone and the idea of the of the thought of going through that again is just terrifying <laughs> now did you guys find out what you were having did you do any kind of gender reveal or you waited to the end both times no nah, we're not really into that gender reveal stuff it's getting <laughs> a little out of hand so we uh it's become a little cliche i guess so we we didn't find out ourselves until both kids were born so that was just a super great moment with my daughter uh we actually i i had the gut feeling it's gonna be a boy gonna be a boy and then it was a girl so it made that moment just so surprising and special us. and then for my boy we both were like it's gonna be a boy because she was just carrying it lower and a little bit bigger and i was like oh it's a boy it's got to be a boy and then sure enough it was yeah, very cool. If you could, Josh, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, well, okay, cool. I uh, am a Texas country singer, which is a little bit different than country, not terribly different. Um, what we do is uh, very regionalized, but we do tour across the country. You know, we play shows up in New York and D.C. and L.A. and San Diego. We play all over the place. But um, anyway, uh, we've been doing that for... I've, 12 years is how long my band and I've been doing that. This new album is our sixth album. Uh, we used to have a record deal. We don't anymore. Literally don't care. <laughs> uh, because we still are creating music and touring and doing our own thing. And to be honest, we've found a lot more success over the years just being independent. Yeah, it seems to be the way that a lot of artists are going uh, in terms of the way people are now consuming uh, music and, and listening. It seems to be the whole scope of the game has changed here. And what about as far as uh, becoming a dad? How did that kind of change your perspective, especially going from a singer-songwriter as a single guy to now singer-songwriter as a, uh, a father? Well, let me try to give you a, an amazing, crazy story in a very short amount of time here. Uh, February... Of early February of 2017, my we were in the studio recording our album until my voice goes out, and I got a call from my mom that my dad had a stroke, and so I obviously ended up going back home, and we spent three weeks in the ICU, and he didn't make it, he passed away, very beginning of March of that year, and um, in March we also found out that we were pregnant, so. That was pretty wild. My wife actually found out like early February, but she didn't want to tell me while we were going through this like super heavy time. We were just dating at the time. So I think she was nervous. Like here she is, the girlfriend. She's pregnant. She didn't want to draw attention on herself because, you know, we were so focused on my dad. And of course, he passed away. I wasn't with her. She wanted to tell me in person. It's a really long, crazy story. But um, so she goes to... Uh, she goes to get checked and she thought she was just a few months pregnant. She was six months pregnant. Wow. And um, so, or something like that. I just know that they, they switched our due date from mid July to early June to late May within like a month. And all of a sudden uh, May 4th, I'm in Kansas because we weren't due for several more weeks. I was on the road again and I got the call that she was, um, that she was going into labor so i got on a plane and came back uh to texas and my my daughter was born about 12 30 in the morning 30 minutes into may 5th she's a cinco de mayo baby and um anyway that's my kind of crazy story so fatherhood came at me quick it came at me harsh 
Um, but it came at me in a, such a beautifully timed moment because I just lost my dad. And now I became one. And I feel like that little three month period was that final transition of me kind of becoming a man, in my opinion, because uh, I now became, you know, the oldest male in our in our family and um, had to worry about taking care of my mom. And then all of a sudden I've got a, you know, uh, a girlfriend and we're pregnant and we get, I loved her. I knew I wanted to marry her anyway. So we got engaged and waited about a year uh, to get married. So long winded answer. I'm really trying to condense it. There's a lot to it. Um, but uh, yeah, honestly, life couldn't be better. And um, so we just had another little boy this year and, you know, to answer your question, I think it's also changed the way I write. I can't write sad songs anymore. I can't write breakup songs or divorce songs. Even writing songs about my dad's death is really hard for me to do because um, I'm in such a great moment of life where, you know, I'm watching these two little kids grow up and develop and love on me every day and my wife. And so uh, life is great. And uh, so that's who I am. That's where I'm at in life. And hopefully people will pick up on that when they listen to this new album. Yeah, incredible story, uh, Josh, and sorry to hear about your father. One of the things, uh, you know, I, I've spoken about, both of my parents passed away before I became a father. I have four kids myself, and so I've done things like parenting without parents and, and talked a little bit to that, and plus my wife's uh, parents are, are, have been divorced and not involved in her life at all, so it's kind of just been me and her. How is the rest of your support system? Do you guys, are your in-laws involved? Do you have, I know it takes a village to raise a child. Do you have support system around you guys? I never really understood that phrase until I had a kid. And you're so right. It does take a village. So my mom, I live, uh, my wife and I with our kids, we live here in Austin. My, my mom now lives in Houston uh, next door to my brother. And so uh, she comes one week a month usually and spends a whole week with us and helps out. Um, my wife's parents live here in Austin. She's born and raised here. So uh, fortunately for us, not only are they here, but they're awesome. I don't have one of those nightmare in-law situations or, uh, you know, I know people whose in-laws live in another state or just whatever, and they're not around. Uh, you know, what's funny is you uh, just today here in a little bit, I'm going to go pick up my daughter from her pre-K and we're going to take my son over to her mom's house. And then we're going to take my daughter down to San Antonio, which is about an hour and a half south of here. And we're going to go to the zoo tomorrow and spend the day there. So, that's just a great example of just it's awesome to have that support system. And uh, I don't know what we would do without it, to be honest. Yeah, very cool, Josh. What would you say are the top values that you're hoping to instill in your kids as they grow up here? It's oh, a great question. Wow. They should have prepped me for this. Uh, <laughs> you know, compassion, I think empathy for others is definitely big on the list. You know, I, I tell my wife all the time, like for our son, especially like, I'm going to basically let him know when he goes to school, if I ever find out that he's bullying a kid or especially like a kid who's like physically disabled or mentally challenged or, you know, has some sort of handicap that just won't, that won't float around here. But if he get, he can get in as many fights as he wants at school, if he's defending those kids, you know, and of course my wife's like, no, we don't want our kid fighting. I'm like, well, no, I mean, I don't really wanting to, I'm just saying like, if I get the call from the principal that my kid got in a fight because he was sticking up for the kid getting picked on, I'm all right with that, you know? So, um, you know, I think my daughter uh, definitely, you know, want to install the kind of grace and that ability to kind of 
you know, be present and impress people when she's in a room. Confidence is huge. Actually, we talk about that all the time, how we want to instill confidence in my daughter. So I'm always building her up, always trying to lift her up and and give her that confidence uh, because um, I think that's really important, especially for for young girls as they grow older. Yeah, very well said. And obviously here we've all been uh, struggling with the pandemic. We've all had to rearrange our life. You've got two kids under three there. You've you got the, the new baby there and everything. So I would imagine it's been difficult. What has it been like for you uh, during the pandemic and during this whole time with your kids? How you been keeping them busy? What, how's that experience been for you? I'll be honest, it's been stressful because I'm used to being on the road 100 days a year. You know, there have been years where we were on the road 200 days a year. That was pre-kids, though. I would never do that now. But um, not being on the road, you know, doesn't really give me that outlet. So a lot of guys, you know, they get to go to work and they get to go to their job still. Um, and I really don't. And so uh, be, I feel a little cooped up at times being here at the house. And then, of course, having a newborn and having to really just be involved in that early process of not sleeping a lot and uh, really trying to help out and be present. So. I'm not going to lie, it's been, it's been a very tiring few months, and coupled with the fact that I'm not producing a, really an income right now, which is, you know, I don't want to sound how macho, but as a guy, you just feel like that's one of your big responsibilities is providing for your family. And so, um, you know, we're not, we're not broke, and I'm not trying to complain. It's just, it, yeah, it's been a stressful year, you know, having another kid not really having a job and being stuck at the house a lot. So, uh, but I will say I'm, I'm very grateful for the silver lining of it all. And that is that I am home with these kids right now, such a crucial age, you know, on a daily basis with my three-year-old daughter and my newborn son. And, and definitely it's helped a lot, uh, with my wife because, uh, I'm sure she would be pretty taxed and uh, overburdened, you know, being solo with the kids so much. Yeah, good stuff, Josh. And I know you mentioned there earlier that you guys, you know, you don't have a um, uh, a contract or you don't have a, uh, what was was you said, a uh, record deal. And I know that used to be the way that everybody used to go. So what about for the parents out there that have uh, kids that are interested in pursuing a music career? What, what kind of advice would you give those parents on how to steer the kids that are, that are interested in a music career like yourself? All right, dads, today's episode of First Class Fatherhood is being sponsored by Himalaya Botanic Toothpaste. Since I have been conducting more video interviews and making TV appearances, I have been on the search for a toothpaste that's going to help make my teeth look white, feel fresh, and I have found that with Himalaya Botanic Toothpaste. Sometimes using natural toothpaste can feel like a trade-off and leave your mouth feeling unclean, and I've tried so many toothpastes that either taste like baking soda or they don't even work. Himalaya Botanic, my sponsor for today's episode, is a toothpaste that's free from fluoride, SLS, and artificial flavors and colors. But unlike similar toothpaste, they don't compromise on flavor and performance. Himalaya toothpaste is always bursting with foam and flavor. Interested in trying it out for yourself? Get 20% off Himalaya Botanic toothpaste on Amazon with the discount code fatherhood check out the show notes for more details on himalaya botanic toothpaste and start using a better toothpaste today the parents out there that have uh kids that are interested in pursuing a music career what, what kind of advice would you give those parents on how to steer the kids that are that are interested in a music career like yourself okay yeah man love to so obviously first of all 
uh, you can't force it on your kid. Just because you play guitar or you want to play guitar or whatever, can't make your kid do it. Um, so it's got to be something they want to do. Once they do start diving in on it, um, it might not be the first instrument. You know, a kid may start learning piano and be like, I don't like this. You know, I want to play drums. Um, and the other thing I would say is there's a balance of once they find kind of what they're really interested in, I think your job as a parent is to continue to motivate them and um, almost make them practice the instrument, right? I mean, you can't really make a kid learn an instrument, but once they're learning it, you know, they're still kids. They don't have that drive. And so I think it's important as parents to just say, hey, I'm sorry for hour every Tuesday. You've got to you've got to work on guitar and I expect you to be able to play this for me at some point. And, um, you know, obviously I haven't gone down that road, so this may be horrible advice, but uh, that would be my advice, you know, as a parent um, and uh, is to, you know, kind of people a lot of say the cliche stuff, let them chase their dreams and this and that. Well, it's like, of course, but, um, you know, you've got to be there along the way to help encourage them and make sure that they stay focused with it. And, you know, of course, by the time, you know, my kids 15 years from now or whatever, when they're maybe they're recording their own album, maybe they're in college and they would want to be a musician and uh, who knows what the world will look like then. But I know kid parents of kids now that want to play music. Then the world's at your fingertips because, you know, these kids, not only on a computer, but on the, on just on the phone, like what we're talking now, these phones are so smart. You can download apps and program and create and build songs with all these programmed drums and, and other instruments that have already been recorded. You know, it sounds really complicated, but you could basically make your own song out of a bunch of music, music parts that other people have already recorded. And um, so I'd just say the world's at your fingertips, literally. Yeah, it's amazing what we have access to now. It's it's incredible it's where something where you would need studio time or something. You have all this stuff that's available where you could just get started out and especially trying uh, new stuff, new material, seeing what kind of reaction feedback you get. I mean, it, it's amazing what we have access to now. You guys, you were playing out in Vegas during the uh, during the shooting there. Is that is that right? What was that experience like? Well, uh. Jason Aldean was, of course, the headliner, and he was on stage when the event happened. Um, it was wild. Uh, my story on that is uh, when Jason went on, my wife was actually there in Vegas. She had flown in the night before and met us in California and um, because she wanted to go to, to see Jason Aldean, not even see us. Right? She wanted to come <laughs> now, you, got, you guys didn't have kids yet, though, or did you? No, we had our daughter. You we did have your daughter, daughter when that happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, because uh, we had our daughter in May. So, literally, this was like the first or second time my wife was able to get away for just a couple days, flew in, and then we were going to go home together, right? Well, the night before we were in California, and she'd be mad if I said this, but, you know, she got a little drunk. You know, moms, they go out that first night, you know, <laughs> go, go hard. So, literally, the next day, she was sick. She was, she didn't feel good at all. She was in the hotel room. And I was kept checking on her with my phone, and I was finally like, have you even eaten She's like, no, it's like eight or nine at night or whatever time it was. I was like, okay, look, I, I'm going to come over, order room service, order a cheeseburger, soup, whatever you're going to order, order me something and I'll be there. So I left when Jason Aldean went on and my goal, my intention, I guess, was to go check on her, eat real quick and come back and catch the end of Jason's show. And um, so I went to the room and we had, we were waiting on room service and we we're just, I was just kind of cuddled up with her watching a movie and 
I remember, you know, being like, hey, I think I'm just going to go back down. And she was like, no, stay here. And so I literally stayed. And uh, all of a sudden, we kind of heard the noise. We heard the, of course, at the time, it was really hard to distinguish, like, exactly what it was. Um, but I knew it was it was foreign. It was just alien. It didn't sound right. Like, why, why am I hearing this noise? It sounds like gun. And so my thought was like, it's Vegas, must be, who knows, somebody's pissed and they're shooting their pistol, but there were so many shots, it was just like weird. And I walk over to the window, we had the same view as the shooter, we were about 10 floors below the shooter, uh, on the same wing and everything, looking at the concert. And so um, I could see, you know, looking down, it was almost like a movie, because you see cop light after cop light after cop light coming on all over the place, and I was like, holy shit, like something major is going on right now. And started getting texts from my band, active shooter on the ground. At the time, everybody thought the shooter was there. So um, that was it was horrendous, man. Um, I, I kissed my wife, told her I was going to go down there and not to be a hero and find some shooter, but really just go check on my band because, you know, I told my wife, I was like, the amount of gunshots we just heard, that was an AR. You know, that there, there, there was a semi-assault rifle and um, there's probably a lot of people that got hurt. And so, uh, of course, I had no grasp of actually how many, but um, I went downstairs and ran out and tried to get back over there. Of course, they had the streets blocked off. Everything was shut down. Tried to come back up to my room, and that's when I found out from police. I literally was trying to go up the elevator. It was the creepiest thing I've ever seen. It was almost like being in, um, oh, my gosh, what's that movie, like Inception or whatever? Oh, uh, yeah, the dream movie? Yeah, yes. I walk into the hotel there of Mandalay Bay and the ground level. So, the you know, the floor, the lobby where the casino is, there's no one there. I mean, I'm looking at a completely empty casino and lobby, which is so bizarre for Vegas. Right. And I go to the elevators. And, of course, I had some police stop me like, freeze, who are you? This and that. I'm like, I'm staying upstairs in this room. I'm one of the artists on the show. And they were like, we can't let you up. And I was like, why are you at this specific set of elevators? Because that was the set of elevators that go to my wife's floor. And they're like, the shooter is up there. And now I'm terrified because they were like, he may have bombs on him. We don't know. He may start going around and shooting in the hotel. You know, we don't know what this person's going to do. And they wouldn't let me back up there. So I had to call my wife and tell her. And uh, it was a long night. I wasn't allowed back into the into the room until about 7 30 8 30 in the morning and um it was crazy so yeah uh, wow fortunately for me and my band and crew no one was harmed physically by the bullets but several of my band members were next to people who got shot and saw people and uh and heard those sounds and it really really messed them up and uh so anyway it's i'm very lucky that my wife was hung over I'm so blessed that she was not feeling good because maybe I wouldn't have been hit, but maybe I would have been. And now my daughter doesn't have a dad, you know, it's crazy to think like that. Yeah. Your experience would have definitely been different had you been down there when it was going on for sure. And and on a higher note here, uh, you got the new album now. What can you tell uh, the listeners here about the new album? Where can we find it? Well, uh, obviously you can find it kind of wherever you listen to music. I mean, these days there's, there's about a billion apps for that. Right. So, Wherever it is that you listen to music, we have a new album. It's called The Highway Kind. And um, I think definitely what will be fun for people to listen to this record is hopefully when they listen to it, there's 10 songs. 
they'll walk away saying, man, that dude is in a happy place in life. Because again, there's no songs about death. You know, I didn't write any songs about the Vegas experience. There's no songs about, uh, you know, my first uh, divorce, my divorce years and years ago. So um, this is a record about my current life. It's about my wife, the love we have, the kids. Um, and uh, I think the songs. And, you know, I don't want to be the artist that overhypes it, uh, but I would say everyone near me, dear to me, other artists, uh, my family, whoever, that everyone says this is our best album to date. And I think that that is just an awesome compliment, you know, because once you get six, seven albums in, a lot of people like albums, you know, one, two, and three. And uh, and so it's hard to, for people to want to listen to the new stuff, right? Because we've already had songs on the radio. So those are the songs people want to listen to. But you know, you just got to hope that uh, people will give this new record a chance and see like how much we've grown as a band. Yeah, awesome. Well, best of luck with the new album. I'm going to have a link in the description of today's podcast episode that'll take my listeners right over there to check it out. So I encourage you to do so. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Josh, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Sure. Uh, my instant go-to uh, for guys having their first kid is those first couple months especially uh man it's a blur but there's only so much you can do i mean it's just nature's inherent way that the mom is just more involved in that first few months right um in the skin on skin contact and the whole thing and so i just tell everybody yeah your job's to help with the baby but the best way you can help with the baby really is to help your wife you know, mom out. So making sure that she doesn't have to worry about it. Are there groceries? Have the clothes been washed? You know, the sheets getting done and the towels. And um, I know that sounds so misogynistic almost, right? Like I'm not trying to say that that's a woman's role, but just in a lot of traditional homes, like usually the wife is the one who worries about that kind of stuff. And so I just tell my buddies like, man, your job is to make sure that she doesn't have to worry about cooking, cleaning, I mean, anything, all she needs to worry about is that baby. Don't let, she doesn't need to worry about the bills. She doesn't need to worry about anything. So whatever you can do to make her life easier, do that. You know, bring her, go to Starbucks and get her a cappuccino in the morning. You know, go do the things uh, that she needs you to do, the stuff that she likes to do, the errands. And so, yeah, long-winded answer, but that's my advice is just take care of her and, and uh, the rest yourself out. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been a lot of fun for me. I got to say, Josh Abbott, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. I appreciate it. You've had a lot of really cool guests. So for me to be on here, is, is uh, that's, a, that's really cool. Thanks a lot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Josh Abbott for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Go and grab Josh Abbott's new album out tomorrow, The Highway Kind, and drop by First Class Fatherhood tomorrow as we close out the week with a motocross phenomenon. Brian Deegan stops by. His family is just crushing it in the racing world. That's going to be a lot of fun. That is all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, We are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.